You're listening to the God, God Life, Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are tuned in to another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. If you have not hit that subscribe button, be sure to do so right now so you can be notified whenever we drop a new episode. Thank you so much to all of you who have subscribed, who have left your ratings, your reviews. This definitely helps put our podcast in front of more listeners. And today, Eddie, we are super excited because we have a very special guest with us. We have asked some awesome guests in the past, and today is no exception. Yeah, you know, and we're going to just jump right into it. You know, like Miguel said, we do have a special guest joining us today. He is an author, national uh, motivational speaker, a FOMO pro athlete, um, and we're just super excited to just have this interesting conversation with him on his material and the message that he's projecting out into the world so let's please welcome to the guy life culture podcast chris singleton chris please say hello to our listeners what's up guys thank you thank you so much for having me i appreciate you guys allowing me to be on so thank you no no thank you for taking all your time to be with us one of the things that we definitely like to do whenever we have uh, a first-time guest on our podcast is to give them the opportunity to introduce themselves uh, because there may be a couple listeners out there that are not familiar with the person or their work Uh, so chris how would you answer the question who is chris singleton yeah well chris singleton uh is a father um husband uh a loving uh, brother to, to a sister and a brother. I've been taking care of them for about six years now, but I uh, went through a lot, man. I went through some unfortunate things, losing my mom back in 2015 in a racially motivated mass shooting. And uh, out of that, I've been uh, pretty fortunate that God has blessed me. And, you know, whether it's been my speaking with different professional teams or whether it's been me playing baseball myself, getting drafted by the Cubs, um, you know, now I'm just a man on a mission to bring about unity around the country and the world. I love that. And I know that your mission is clear. Your purpose is clear. And I think that's awesome. And one of the ways that you are doing that in bringing that unity and this awareness and this message is through your writing. And you uh, have released a children's book titled Your Life Matters. Now, Chris, this book, um, you know, especially in this time that we are living in, um, you know, in this year, 2021, and everything that has happened, um, you know, both uh, with this pandemic and also with just the racial um, and civil unrest that we have been experiencing. Why choose to write Your Life Matters as a kid's book? Why not, you know, write an adult book or, you know, put out a course or a lecture? Why did you choose to go the route of putting out a kid's book? Yeah, well, I get the opportunity to, to speak um all over the country with corporations. So I get to, I get to have, you know, time in front of those types of people all the time where it's, you know, whether it's Fortune 500 companies or uh, teams like the Houston Texans, uh, football teams or what, whatever it may be. But I never really got the opportunity to share this message that I have of unity, of just empowerment with students. And uh, this book, Your Life Matters, is definitely a way that I can tell every single kid, but especially little black kids, let them realize and remember 
how much they mean to the world and how much they can accomplish in their lives. And so uh, I saw the unrest that was happening and I didn't want to just be on the sidelines. I wanted to say, how can I stop and make sure that kids that look like me uh, know how much they mean to the world? Yeah. Now, is this something you always had kind of in your heart to put out? Were you always kind of planning to write a kid's book or on this topic? Or, you know, was this motivated and sparked by everything that we've been experiencing in these last few years? That's a great question. So um, I think for me, I, I never really said I was going to be an author, didn't say I was going to be a children's book author. Um, but, you know, my first project, Different, a story about loving your neighbor did really well. And the Obama Foundation got it and shouted it out and all these different celebrities were taking it and pushing it out. I said, you know what, I, I want to write another book, but this book, I want it to be about kids uh, realizing how much they mean to the world. And, and, and it all stemmed from me watching a kid play basketball outside of his house and a police officer drove by and this little black kid was so scared that he actually just hid behind his car. Like he got his basketball hit behind his car. And it wasn't like the police officer was out to get him. It was just like the kid was just so afraid. And when I saw that, I wanted to, like, if I could tell him anything, I wanted to tell him how much he means to the world and his life matters. And so that's where the idea came from. Love that. I mean, I myself, I am an educator. I teach high school, ninth through 12th grade. So I, I see a lot of, uh, you know, the impact that one can have in front of, of young kids, in front of teenagers and, you know, how they are looking for role models and looking for people to emulate. And, uh, you know, one of the messages that is clear in your book is how every part of the child matters. And throughout the book, you explain how the reader's eyes, hands, mind, and heart matter. So how important was it for you to let the reader know and kind of give them that assurance that all parts of them matter? Man, that was, that was huge. I think for, for me, you know, being a young uh, athlete, uh, wanting to play professional sports, right? I get to go to schools now and I'll, I'll ask middle schoolers, hey, who wants to be a professional athlete? And every kid wants to be a professional athlete, right? <laughs> and so and so that's no surprise by any means. And I say go for it, but I also want them to know how much their heart matters, right? How much their words matter, having Dr. King in there, um, how much e everything about them matters. And so for me, it was just a way to say, yes, I know you want to be, you know, a professional YouTuber, right? I know you want to be the next LeBron James, but man, every single uh, piece of you matters and you can do great things. Um, off of the field or the court. You know, one of the things um, that's really interesting about the book as well is that on each of the pages, you have a prominent historical figure. You know, it goes from Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King Jr., Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama. Can you explain the significance of choosing to include those men and women on every page of the book? Yeah, so the, 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 the thought behind that was, you know, I talked to my publisher. I said, man, I, I'm, I'm going to include black heroes. I just call them black heroes, right? It might not be the politically correct term to use, but <laughs> these are people that I just look up to. I, I know my mom used to look up to them. Like, I remember being a kid, my mom would religiously watch Oprah, right? And so I'm like, <laughs> man, she's like a, a hero to so many people. And, you know, Jackie Robinson for me, because you know, I got drafted, I played baseball. Anybody that plays baseball knows how significant Jackie Robinson Robinson uh, was in our history and in history of sports as a, as a whole. So I just included people that I thought, man, they've they've actually done the things that a lot of these kids will probably think they could never do. Um, they had the courage to do these things like uh, Harriet Tubman. And so I, I think just seeing the, these people look like them, the representation definitely matters.
You know, one of the things that I really like about the book also is just its vibrancy and its color. You know, and the book was illustrated, Your Life Matters was illustrated by Taylor Barron. Um, but did you have any hand in the creative process or in the decision making uh, with the illustration? Yeah, that's a, that's that's funny that you asked. So for me, man, one of the things that I've been f- super fortunate is, is that every single project I do, I have to have some control over it. You know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, uh, with authors, you know, you don't have certain say with things. But my publishing company, Bushel and Peck, have been great. Um, and I wanted to implement a, a, somebody that looks like my mom. Right. My mother was the one that mm-hmm. was taken away uh, years ago in, in, the, in my church shooting that kind of sparked all of this for me. And yeah. so I said, in every single project that I have, my mom needs to be shown some way, somehow. So my mother's in the book. Um, the colors are so vibrant and, and it's and it's on purpose because I'm colorblind. Like I've always really? struggled. Yeah. I've struggled with, you know, red, green. I, I've struggled with blue and purple has been really hard for me growing up. Um, but it, but so now every single color, I put so many colors in there just in case of kids like me where they accidentally color themselves green in middle school or elementary school because they thought it was brown. Like they'll be able to see some of these colors. And that's yeah. why we that's why we did that. I love that. And I know, you know, as as a writer, you know, everything you put into a project, you know, as a creative individual is intentional. Right. There's purpose and meaning behind it. And on one of the pages, you know, in the book, you write your strength matters for it has the power to fight or to forgive. And in reading that, you know, and keeping in mind that, you know, children are reading this book. Why do you think it's important to talk about forgiveness to young children? Man, that is a, a, a great question, man. For, forgiveness for me, number one, forgiveness for me uh, changed my life, right? After my mother was murdered, I actually forgave my mother's killer. Um, and I saw how freeing it was after that was placed on my heart. Now, somebody asked me the other day, they said, Chris, um, you know, where's your mother's killer being held? And and I didn't even know where he was being held, right? Because after you forgive somebody, you don't no longer need an apology. And I, I think adults, you know, we, t- we talk about forgiveness all the time. But I think teaching our kids about forgiveness and how that's a, a superpower, really, it's a strong thing to do, is uh, definitely beneficial for the next generation. So that I'm glad that you uh, you caught that because you're right. It was I was intentional in making sure that people know strength. It, it, forgiveness means strength. It doesn't mean you know you submit or your uh, there's submission there. It's meaning like no, I'm strong because I'm able to move forward in my life. You know, and I and I think it is a very important message, you know, whether it be uh, young people or people in general, you know, it may be a little thing. It may be a really huge, drastic thing. Um, and sometimes people struggle with that, with the whole idea of forgiveness, um, you know, and sometimes when we talk about forgiveness, it's very it sounds a lot easier than what it actually is, you know, to say that you forgave, you know, your your the, the man who went on this whole murder spree, um, you know, is powerful, but sounds really like, was that it? It was just so quick for you. Um, can you speak a little bit about that process of forgiveness? Was it something that you just woke up one day and God had already worked in your heart in that area? Or did it take a little work to get to that place of forgiveness? Yeah, man. And, and to be honest, like people always say, you, you know, forgive and forget, but that's impossible. You'll you'll never forgive and forget if it was truly uh, if it was traumatizing, if it was, if it really pierced you, right, you'll never forgive and forget. That's why I always say you forgive and move forward. But for, but it is a process. 
but I'd be lying if I told you that I just knew that I wanted to forgive my mother. Like that, that was not the case at all. Forgiveness 1000% was placed on my heart by, by the higher power, right? By, by, by God. And so I, I know that for a fact. It, and like I always say, like if, if somebody would told me, Chris, you're going to forgive your mother's killer for taking her life because she's black, I would have looked at him like, you're crazy. There's no way in the world. Um, but now that I know that after it's been placed on my heart, I see why it was and the power in it. And like yeah. you said, it is a process, though. You know, and I think yes. most people, they say to themselves, I want to forgive. But if there's nothing, if there's no reward on the other side of forgiving that person or forgiving yourself, then why would you want to forgive? You're just saying mm-hmm. it for no reason. Right. So forgiveness for something may mean, hey, then I can I can move forward in my life and date again. Forgiveness for others may mean uh, I can move forward in my life and and not hold a grudge against my parents anymore. Right. Forgiveness mm-hmm. for everybody is is different, but it has to be a reward. Or otherwise, we're just saying it and not truly wanting to do so. I agree with that. You know, you know, and you know, one thing that I am definitely curious about is, you know, how does your relationship with God influence your views on these topics? You know, topics such as forgiveness, love and unity, especially in living in today's day and age, specifically maybe even 2021, where it can make exhibiting those traits difficult because of everything that's happening. Yeah, man. I, I think my faith has actually been strengthened through the trials that I've gone through. Um, you know, I, I I lost my both of my parents pretty young. I didn't really know, you know, I didn't have my grandparents, didn't have all these people to depend on. So it was it was me and God was my rock that I was leaning on. Right. And yeah. that's where a lot of my strength came from. Um, it wasn't like I just was filled up with some pseudo energy and could shoot lasers <laughs> out of my eyes. But I, I knew that there was a there was an end to the pain that I was going through. Um, and so. I think it definitely strengthens my, uh, I guess my worldview, but it, bad stuff still happens to good people all the time. And, uh, even when we see it now, it kind of just encourages me to be that, uh, be the person that's spreading seed, right? Be the person that's still wanting to pour out good into the world. And hopefully somebody uh, grasps, grasps onto that and can do the same. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, in, in writing a children's book, the audience is the child and sometimes, you know, the parent, right, who's reading the book or a teacher. Now, how do you navigate having these hard conversations, you know, about, you know, racial injustice and all of these things that we have been seeing play out? You know, how do you handle having these conversations with adults? That's such a good question. That's that's really good. I think one of the things that I've always tried to be intentional with is that, uh, when we go into these tough conversations, like people have been talking about for the last couple of years, we have to go into them. Number one, we can't throw a brick of knowledge at somebody because even if you're right, guess what? It hurts and they don't want to be near it and they don't want to be around it because it, it pierced their ego. And so for me, I go into it delicately. So I'm like placing the blanket of truth on them, right? I'm not just throwing the brick of knowledge or I'm leading with empathy. And so that's kind of the way that I navigate the conversations that I've had with adults and and a lot of times, even when I, I know I don't think like somebody, right, we don't believe the same things, I'll go into that conversation ready to listen to learn, not listening to prove the other person wrong or tell them why what they believe isn't correct. And so that's kind of the way that I've navigated it. And I love the fact that you said uh, the audience for children's books isn't just children, right, because somebody's got to read it to the little ones. Yeah. And, uh, and they always get the message just as well. So thank yeah. you. Absolutely. You know, another way that you share your message is also through your brand, Love Your Neighbor brand. Um, You have shirts that say love your neighbor, love is stronger than hate. Um, Did that also 
like the the inspiration behind that brand came before or after you went into uh, writing the two books? Yeah, that's a good question. So it came before. I actually was playing minor league baseball um, up in Eugene, Oregon. And I was playing. I got drafted by the Cubs. My first stop was in Eugene, Oregon. And I was playing out there. And people knew me as a baseball player. But I wanted to be uh, more than just that. And so I actually mm-hmm. started all of my signatures. I would put you know, my name. And then I put love is greater than hate. People would ask me questions about it. And I would share my, my mission. And then I said, you know what? I want to do more than just be a baseball player on the field. I want to do something else off the field. And that's where Love Your Neighbor brand came about. Um, and people have supported it for sure. Now, you know, as far as being a writer, being a young writer and a young author, you know, there's so many people that, uh, you know, young people that may be looking and aspiring to do the same, right? Whether that is using their, you know, creativity to, to illustrate or to put on, uh, you know, uh, uh, plays or to, you know, create a movie, a film. There's so many different avenues, right, that, you know, young people desire to express themselves in. And you have chosen, you know, the avenue of public speaking and also of writing, right, and writing a kid's book. So do you have any advice to that young individual who's aspiring? to do something creative, whether it's writing, whether it's movie, whether it's film, you know, in speaking, what advice, you know, would you give them based on what you have learned in this journey? Yeah, number one, you can't, you can't do it for other people. It can't just be, I, I, you can't want the praise and the praise only because uh, it's a lonely journey if you do it that way. But if you're intentional with uh, loving what you do, right, whether it's writing, whether it's speaking, whether it's uh, whatever creative you know, juices are flowing for you, right? If you truly, genuinely love what you do, whatever you make, whatever art you create, um, you'll celebrate it and you'll even, you'll want to go even harder. It's re- I feel like it's really tough for me to believe in something if I know it's not good, you know? But yeah. but me working hard at something and knowing that, man, this is a great project. Um, I, th- I think it starts with that, like knowing that something is worth getting out to the marketplace. Because if you don't believe that it's worth it, if you truly don't believe it's worth it, then I guarantee you other people probably won't either. Um, and so that's what I would probably say. And then also networking is huge, right? W- especially in, in the things that we're talking about, uh, like create being creative and, you know, creating, whether it's movies, it's videography, whether it's speaking, what, you know, music, whatever it may be, networking is so important. So meeting people, um, and, and, and not having a, a secret agenda when you meet somebody, just serving them where they where they are, what their needs are, um, because I believe what goes around comes around. And uh, I've seen that tenfold. You know, one of the things that I always uh, find interesting about people that are speakers, whether they're pastors or motivational speakers or, you know, people that are given the platform to go and speak is that there are times where they are scheduled uh, to go somewhere to speak, but they're having a funky day. They're having a day where, you know, maybe things didn't go as planned. They're running late or whatever. Uh, but then now they're they're in a position where they have to stand in front of a group of people and motivate them and give them, you know, an empowering uh conversation or speech when if you have experienced those moments of you know frustration or having you know a a down day or whatever how do you pick yourself up to then be able to project what you need to project to the people you're speaking to yeah that's a good question for me man speaking is therapeutic right people ask me how do you how do you talk about so so many tough things in your life and the things you've gone through and your mission and you talk about stories of you know lives being taken because of the color of their skin and so for me it, people would think that is like it, it take energy from me 
but it's it's also releasing so much stuff that I just hold. And so for me, it's therapeutic. Um, and, and, and I kind of get energy from people when people are saying, Chris, you know, after you shared this, I started thinking about my life. I started thinking about doing X, Y, and Z to, to do this, uh, something I've always dreamed of, whatever it may be, that stuff fills me up. And so I go into it knowing, man, I have the opportunity to pour into people, to fill them up. Um, and so yeah. in doing so, it kind of give, it gives me more energy, to be honest with you. That's awesome. I mean, I think we all face moments where... Uh, we love what we do, but we get those moments where, you know, we're just tired or we have a lot on our plate or we feel overwhelmed. You know, in your case, in this message that you are bringing both to children, adults and just everyone you come in contact with, is there ever a moment of discouragement where maybe you have you spoke at an event and you just feel like the message just didn't, uh, you know, hit the way you wanted it to. Or maybe, uh, you know, someone picked up your book and they didn't have such a great review at the end of it. You know, how do you deal with, you know, discouragement when it comes knocking on your door? Yeah, I think anybody that says they don't get discouraged is, is flat out lying. You know, <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. every, everybody does get discouraged. Um, and so for me. Uh, maybe that doesn't mean getting a bad review or somebody leaving a negative comment. For me, I get discouraged when I still see, you know, people being murdered because of things they can't control. Right. People still yeah. being judged based on the fact that they're from a different country as if they chose to be born there. Right. When I see stuff like that happen, it's still it discouraged me, but it also still lights a fire that I need to keep going. Um, when I see people, you know, it, it happens so frequently now that it, it it's 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 annoying. Number one, but it also yep. is just infuriating when I see people in comments just telling people to go back to their country or, you know, this, that, and the third. And it, it's it's very hard, but it also gives me a new line of focus. Like Chris, you, I know you think you're on the road a lot. I know you think you're doing a lot, but there are still so many people that need to hear the message that you have. And so, it it it's discouraging sometimes, but it also kind of fuels me. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I think these moments and these times definitely come, you know, to everyone at one point or another. And, um, you know, this year, uh, Juneteenth, uh, you know, you had something very special that you were a part of and an opportunity that you had. Can you share a little bit about uh, how you spent Juneteenth this year? Yeah, so Juneteenth for me this year, um, number one, I had never heard you know, this is just me speaking candidly. I'd never heard like a white person say like happy Juneteenth to me ever. And this was crazy. I heard like seven people came up to me and were like, happy Juneteenth. And I was like, what the heck? I'd, ne I'd never experienced it before. <laughs> right. But but for me, I was in, it was an opportunity for me to um, actually share um, in Oregon at a team I used to play for. Um, I got to speak there, give away hundreds and hundreds of my children's book. Um, out there and, and share a message that to bring people together and also just highlight so many people that have um, that aren't as fortunate as I am. Right. That, that weren't born in the time that I was born in, where I have opportunities right now that maybe my great grandfather didn't have and kind of celebrating those people. Um, it was a great time. So that was that was what I was able to do. Um, and I look forward to be able to forward to being able to do more stuff like that in the future. You know, you are a dad, and I think also you're going to be a dad of another child, correct, very soon? 
Did I get yes, that correct? Yes, yes, that's true. Baby um, number two on the way. Yeah. Baby number two is on the way. And, you know, we definitely like to speak with individuals, you know, that are in relationships or parents and stuff um, on advice. And even though, you know, you may not be an expert dad, you know, you definitely have been on the journey for a few years now. Um, and especially navigating the world we're living in at the moment. You know, sometimes people think that, having tough conversations have to wait till they're a lot older. Um, I think that you can start having certain conversation with kids, even though they're at a very young age. Um, you know, what advice do you give to parents, especially parents of people of color, you know, when it comes to having these tough conversations with their children? Yeah. I, well, number one, I think you're, I completely agree with you. Right. And I don't think there's, I don't even think there's an age is too early because, you know, my son is three right now and he, my wife's from Brazil and, you know, she's speaking Portuguese at home with him. And so at times, CJ will, uh, my son will ask somebody to like, not even notice knowing it, but he'll be like, say it in Portuguese. Like, and he'll <laughs> get mad at a kid because they don't speak Portuguese. And I'm like, dude, you got to realize not everybody speaks that language, buddy. Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> I, 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 there's a teaching moment right there. But, you know, he's three years old, but there's other kids that are probably making fun of other kids because they're speaking a different language and they're saying, Hey, say it in English, say it like, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't think there's an age is too early to start teaching them about the world, teaching them about, um, unfortunately, sometimes a uh, little kids that don't look like them may not be treated the same as they do. Um, so I don't think that you, you, you can ever start too early. I just think obviously you have to adjust the way that you uh, share that message uh, yes. because you never, you never want to take a child's innocence away, but you do want them to be informed. Now, Chris, uh, you know, you like we've spoken everything you've you speak, you uh, have been an athlete, you are an author. You know, what do you, um, you know, have in store for you for the future? What what would you like to get involved in or what are you working on? What are you uh, striving to do, you know, with with this creativity and this talent that, you know, that God has given you? What's next for you? Yeah, what's next is, you know, I, I don't think this is a sprint for me. It's definitely a marathon. I feel like I have been sprinting over the last couple of years. But I, I think next is, a, is an adult book, um, not just something for kids. Uh, I've actually got a couple of publishing companies that have reached out to me that are um, wanting me to write my next book as an adult book. So I've really been thinking hard and, and long about that. So that's next in store. Um, but it's also, man, I think very few times people say at a young age, I'm doing exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I feel like I'm one of those people. I, I feel like I've been given the gift to be able to communicate uh, pretty well on stage and get across a message to people. Um, and then I'm passionate about it, too, because if you don't have that passion, you will burn out for sure with the travel that we do. Um, but I, I love it. So I'm 25. I'm I'll be actually be 25 in a couple of weeks and I'm so young. I know it, but I know exactly what I want to do with for the rest of my, my, my career. And that is this. And so just staying, staying, uh, committed to it and, and keeping, keeping it up is, is all I could say is, is what I want to do in the future. That's awesome. And let me tell you, you are doing it. Uh, I myself, I'm 28. And, um, you know, you have, you know, knowing that you're you are 25 and being able to do all of these different things, it is inspiring, it is moving, and definitely encouraging, right, to our listeners to, you know, uh, stick with their passions and work through it and, and stay committed and determined. And knowing that there will be moments of discouragement and knowing there will be moments of heartbreak and, and tragedy in our lives. But, you know, we have to keep moving forward. And that's one of the things that I think you portray so well, you know, through your speech, through your writing, through your work ethic. I think 
um, you know, it is definitely motivating. Can you please, Chris, share uh, with our listeners where we can find you on social media, where we can find your book? Um, just let us know all those things. Yeah, that's well, I appreciate you you, you, you allow me to do so. Uh, number one, I'm actually booking my unity tour is what I'm calling it. My unity tour where I'm going around the country, um, speaking to elementary schools, reading my book, um, sharing with middle schools and high schools about resilience, about uh, bringing people of all different cultures together, all different uh, skin colors, all different length, like all of that. Just uniting our campuses is is a tour that I'm about to be on in the fall and the spring. And people can go to chrissingleton.com for more information on that. Uh, all of my social medias are, uh, most of them are verified. So you can just look up Chris Singleton or C Singleton underscore two, and you'll be able to find me. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely, you know, go and, and check out his social media, check out all of his, uh, you know, his, his videos. He has a lot of content on his social media and definitely check out that unity tour on his website and be sure to follow, subscribe, and just stay tuned to everything that Chris is doing. So Chris, we just want to thank you one more time for being a guest on our podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. And once again, um, if you are not following Chris, be sure to follow him and subscribe. If you are not following our um, social media, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified whenever we drop a new episode. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you will stay tuned for this podcast journey because we have a lineup of special guests on the way that um, we know will definitely bless your life. Yeah, so to our listeners, be sure to purchase Chris's book, Your Life Matters. His other book, also different. Uh, find his merch, you, uh, Love Your Neighbor brand out there as well. And support, support, support. You know, there are ways where we can physically, you know, go out and share the message and help and, you know, be a change in this world. And then there's other ways that we help be a change as well by sowing into other people's, you know, um, businesses and ministries and all that great stuff as well so we thank chris for being on the guy life culture podcast with us today that's god life culture until next time see ya bye